This is Robert Mardlachi, the Mindshare Learning Report, Canada's Learning and Technology e-magazine. And welcome to this week in Canadian EdTech Mindshare TV podcast. I'm honored to have join me for a Mindshare Learning Moment, Dr. Julie Mueller, who is the uh, professor at the Laurier Education uh, Faculty of Education and uh, on the, how the pandemic will impact the future of teaching and learning. Thank you for joining me today, uh, Dr. Mueller. You're very welcome. Now, uh, a little bit about your background, and she's a, a researcher with a passion for active learning, a professor in the Laurie Faculty of Education, an executive member of the Center for Learning and Research in Education. Cleary is the newly launched research institute. Uh, Dr. Mueller's main research focus is the integration of technology and teaching and learning uh, and uh, combining uh, research and with the investigation of integration of technology, pedagogy, content under a 21st century learning framework. Did I capture that okay, Dr. Mueller? Uh, that's why I'm so busy. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome back. Uh, Thank and, you. Uh, and welcome back to uh, in-class learning in many parts of Canada today. Uh, very timely that we're having this conversation around uh, teaching and learning uh, in the pandemic world and beyond. And let me begin with the first question around how does remote learning in the pandemic uh, inform education moving forward? And what does what do teachers uh, need to know? Well, it's, it's a very good question and one that teachers are asking, parents are asking, politicians are asking, and our focus for the last two years has really been around the pandemic. I think the, the challenge is taking the time that's required for reflection to answer that question. What does it mean? We need the time to think about what has happened and that pandemic is still happening. So it certainly, unless our purpose for education changes, we really just need to look at what else has changed. Has it changed? It's just been where we learned, who we learned with, and how we learned, unless we're changing the very purpose of that education. And I think that that's what's different about this pandemic is that there's questions around the purpose of a, a public education in, in K to 12. And is it is it only um, sharing content and ensuring that learning of discipline specific knowledge or is it more about learning how to um, be a citizen in a digital world fascinating and uh you know evidence-based research around the pandemic to inform the future of teaching and learning was one of our top 10 trends so you're very much on point with with this uh, first answer and uh, uh, you know, it's a great segue to how faculties of education can better prepare teachers for a post-pandemic world, because the role of the teacher is very different than 10 years ago and two years ago. And agile teaching and learning and, and curriculum planning comes into play. That, that must be quite a challenge for, for you and, and other faculties and professors. I think there's a, a bit of shift to exactly the word you chose there, designing. So the teacher becomes a designer 
of lessons, not just making a plan, but designing a learning right. experience. So, and, and again, not even a lesson so much as the learning experience. And does that right. learning experience happen on a screen or does that learning experience happen in your house? Does that learning right. experience happen outside? So I think the faculties of ed are, are moving towards ensuring that teachers have the skills to innovate and to design. So that flexibility, the ability to, to shift quickly um, and, and to take that reflection and say, what is mm -hmm. it, what's important? The, the child is still the center that, of the learning. So right. we still need to learn how children develop, how children learn, um, where, I, a, I, where a learner learns best. I, I love the notion of a, a teacher as a designer because the whole design thinking concept is very much uh you know uh in the teacher's wheelhouse right from a design thinking perspective and uh and relevancy uh, you know one of our other top 10 uh trends is around uh engaging the students in challenge-based or uh, project-based learning if you will yeah, that that authentic learning really came to light um, before the pandemic. There was a, an emphasis on experiential learning at the post-secondary level, but also in our K to 12 education and learning by doing. And the pandemic kind of thrust um, students right. and teachers into that on a, a, a level that was never, never possible in the four walls of a school. Um, it, and it, it, it isn't a sudden change. Right. Lots of teachers and organizations, faculties of ed, um, were working through problem-based learning and providing alternatives, new opportunities. And I think now it's just the realization that that needs to be available for for everyone, um, not not just a, a select few. Absolutely, the notion of equity uh, comes into play very much so. And we subscribe to the notion of it takes a digital village to raise the child in the 21st century. And, you know, we've gone beyond the four walls uh, and drawing in parents in the community. Talk to me a little bit about how um, the future uh, is when it comes to, you know, not just the teacher playing a role, but it takes a village and, and what you see is the community is a school notion beyond mm -hmm. the school. And I, I mean, it, it, it can be that, you know, what goes around comes around kind of approach mm -hmm. as well. So um, before public education, children were learning in, in their house and on the farm and at work with their family business. And um, if we look at, um, an ecological system sort of theory, Bronfenbrenner's mm -hmm. theory, really, again, hasn't changed, but just what, which one of those systems has the most influence changes depending on the context. So right now, that global kind of emphasis and influence that didn't always have a lot of impact on your grade three student in a, in a classroom in Cambridge, suddenly that global context has, cuts across all the other systems. Technology kind of helps us do that or forces us to do that. And instead of, you know, the global impact having limited effect, it has huge effect. The family has much more emphasis than what traditionally was the school, um, the teacher had 
was the only one with that major impact. And now the teacher's sharing that as they always did, but on a, on a different level and in a different place. Mm -hmm. Fascinating. You know, I often talk about uh, an innovator's mindset or a growth mindset, and it's never been more critical as we've had to pivot, if I can use that much overused term, and probably will go down in history as a term that nobody wants to use in, any longer. But, uh, um, you know, having the agility to um, to adapt and, and, and with the new tools, et cetera, how important is that in instilling that, that into your, uh, your faculty, your students, brief service, in service, how do you achieve that in, in this crazy climate of ours in, in that we're in right now? Well, I think, I mean, language has power. So you, you mentioning the word pivot and the fact that it's overused. Uh, I was a basketball player um, in, in high school and pivoting was really just moving away, protecting. It was a, you know, a defensive movement. It's, and, and you come back. That's not what we want to do. Right? When we pivoted, we, we, really didn't just pivot, we we changed, transformed, um, innovate. You wanna use those um, dynamic words that include a reflection and consideration, some research around what does this mean and thinking, critically thinking about what your outcome is. As I mentioned right at the beginning, if we change the outcome, we need to change what we're doing, um, not just how we deliver it. So, you know, doing the same thing on screen as we do face to face may not be what what needs to happen to transform and to innovate to advance education that's what we needed to do that to respond to the pandemic right. and pivot right? but we want to move beyond pivoting we actually want to score <laughs> so absolutely stick on a layup instead i was playing i talked to you last <laughs> night in my community rink and uh so helping it helps me with my well-being and uh certainly i did my share of pivoting on the ice too to evade my opponents and uh you know it's it's an interesting time when it comes to um identifying the right tools to use and crisis learning was not perfect ideally optimally yes in class learning we know has its benefits for well-being etc uh but dr jordan's uh, from U of T, psychologist who I interviewed a, a couple of times, uh, has talked about the, the threat of the great snapback hmm. going back in class. And have we seen that? Is there a sense that, you know, of comfort when you, you get back in the classroom? How do you continue to innovate in this case? Mm -hmm. Well, I, I'm not in the classroom, so I mm -hmm. can't speak for the... Um, right. The experiences of, of teachers and students that are that are doing that and and i'm not sure that we can um really again use anything as evidence right now until mm -hmm. you know people are still trying to make their way into you know what do i do tomorrow and right and, um you know recovering from being sick uh looking for jobs there's there's so many priorities and um, considerations and and people are turning to you know platforms like yours that that provides you know um, 
advice on what technology to use. But again, mm-hmm. you always need to start with what am I using it for? So right. am I using it to just keep kids busy because we can't be in person? That's a different technology than how do we share um, this innovation with an audience in in Turkey, right? With a classroom, right? not because I can't be in person, but because we want to to have a global reach. So you need to be thinking about what it is you want to do with the technology. On the other hand, technologies have, can inform what we do and what we change, um, you know, what's possible. Sometimes you don't think of possibilities till you, till you have the tool. What can I do with this? <laughs> so it, it is reciprocal. Well, it, yeah, it's a good sure. segue to my next question around uh, what does the teacher toolbox look like? Mm-hmm in the future in a post-pandemic world as we prepare teachers. Um, You know, we uh, saw some incredible innovation emerge over the past couple of years and some amazing tools that were impactful, uh, enabling learning both in class and online. How how do you as a faculty of education, um, you know, help, you know, give exposure to the pre-service students as well as, you know, uh, the in-service on, on what, what, you know, what they should be utilizing in their toolbox. And it's, it's about using the right tool at the right time as well. It's not always being on tech. Um, Right. And I think we do, we do both. So we, we have a, we've created an elective in our faculty of education. We responsively created a course about online learning and have an in-practice educator working with our our students to learn that sometimes you just need the content what what's available you don't know what to ask for so here's here's what we do here's best practice um or effective practice um and and then they go into the classroom and and use those tools but then we also have um the same kind of teaching that we've always done a theoretical framework you know how do people learn that that hasn't changed you know uh cognitive theory is is still cognitive theory um, right. we we uh, advance in theory too right Doc, looking more at a connectivist kind of approach instead of of just constructing we know we want to build knowledge but we know we don't do it in isolation and we connect um, that's one way um, ensuring that teachers can build their networks ask for um, support uh, we work closely with several of our our ed tech companies in in the Waterloo region and and beyond um, doing research projects where our graduate students and our BEd students are working in the research that's asking the questions and finding the answers. So uh, again, that authentic kind of assessment and learning. Absolutely. Um, yeah, we've got a, a really exciting project we're about to announce um, <laughs> very shortly. Um, oh. I'll, I'll come back and tell you all about it. Oh, absolutely. Well, you but, are in yeah. the Silicon Valley of the North, which <laughs> is a huge opportunity and advantage uh, for, for your faculty and students. And speaking of your students, we are in a class right now. So yes. uh, your students, you took a break to have a, a chat with me while your students are watching online on Twitter. So I want to give a shout out to your the students and uh, for tuning in and uh, look forward to some feedback. And I hope they're uh gaining some insight and into uh the future role of teachers and and some of the challenges and opportunities 
another question I have for you is around student well-being. You know, essentially, it's it's been a crisis learning situation. Uh, many families are in crisis. It has not. It's been the best of times, I've said, and the worst of times. How do you infuse more of the what's needed, and how do you balance things off between teaching and learning? And again, the role of the teacher is it to be play, you know, psychologist as well in in the process. Yeah, and our teachers, Robert, have always met met the student where they are. And, right. and that's what they're going to do now. The, uh, one of the challenges now is that the supports, so the teachers and the parents and all of the the community support for those students are also in the midst of the pandemic and are you know struggling themselves in some cases. So right. I think what what needs to happen is what we what we always do: meet the student where they are, find out what what they need, how you can support, and I would really appreciate if our, you know, our media, some us, uh, the news, um, social media, really started to to focus on something right. beyond the numbers of cases and um, the impact that it's having, and and look for that growth mindset. What what well, is working well? Where right. are we going from here? What what can we provide that will um, not take you back to normal, but to provide just good feeling. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting you mentioned that because some of the mainstream education media do follow us. And uh, I thought of starting the Good News Network, you know, in education, because it, it is quite taxing. And, you know, I, I, I get the spin and why they put that spin on. And, and you know, uh, it's exhausting uh, flipping on uh, news networks these days because it, it seems to be primarily negative because that seems to be what people want to gravitate to. And, and, and uh, it's all about eyeballs, right? It's all about, uh, you know, time on, on the tube, on the screen. So I, I'm pleased that we're able to have a constructive, uh, informed conversation around the future of teaching and learning. And... Um, with that, I just want to, before I wrap up, uh, because I, you do need to get back to class and <laughs> I need to go uh, shovel a, and water a hockey rink for a community. <laughs> Wonderful. 5% other duties for, for their own well-being. Kids are so appreciative and parents as well. It's the little things that make a big difference today, you know. And uh, I, I was going to, it's a good segue to uh, the question, final question around what gives you hope for the future? I think uh, your skating rink <laughs> and um, the the teachers. I know teachers are out there and they are are writing letters to their students. They're acknowledging that they miss them. Um, they are giving them time to to talk about how they're feeling. They are dressing up in costumes when they're online to to lighten the mood so i think that's what's really challenging right now is it's all happening there's all good stuff there but we're so isolated in a lot of ways that we aren't hearing those and any of the good news is unfortunately getting drowned by um the worry and focus which i i understand it's important it's right. it's it's a global, global issue, um, but it, it's brought some some challenges forward. But we need to we need to recognize that the good 
the good in the world and there's lots of good teachers and parents and um wonderful well said out there and, and apparently our premier's delivering some good news later this week if you haven't hasn't already i haven't been following uh, too closely so stay good. tuned <laughs> and with that thank you dr mueller for your uh time this evening and uh Terrific. and insight and uh that was dr julie mueller uh, professor at the Faculty of Education at Laurier University. My name is Robert Marglacci, the Mindshare Learning Report. Be sure to check out Triple W Mindshare Learning to get your latest issue. Until next time, stay healthy, stay safe, and keep the learning curve steep.